Welcome to the C2C Podcast. I am your host, Derek Anderson. After holding my first event in 2010, I went on to create Startup Grind, a 400-chapter community based in over 100 countries. Along the way, I discovered the greatest marketing tool of all time, your customers. Yet, I couldn't find anyone sharing how to build a community where people could experience your brand in person or at scale. On this show, we talk with the brightest minds and companies on the planet about how to build customer-to-customer marketing strategies and create in-person experiences for your brand and customers before your competitor does. Today, we're talking to Tessa Crisell, who's the Developer Outreach Manager of Pantheon. Pantheon is a website operations platform for Drupal and WordPress. On the show, Tessa will share how she created the Pantheon Heroes program for the community, her point system that's made her community incredibly active and engaged, and the metrics she tracks to help increase revenue and retention. Take a listen. Tessa, what was the catalyst that started the Pantheon community? I'd say our catalyst was kind of our very first community platform with Slack, which was created about five months before I started at Pantheon. I do know that one of the main drivers for Slack was to create a space where our power users could communicate with one another to grow and evolve their use case on the Pantheon platform. Pantheon provides many different developer tools and resources, but how each person decides to use them is entirely up to them. So the more that people can kind of network and talk to each other, the better and the more successful that they'll be. What I, you know, we use Slack as well. It's Startup Grind for all of our organizers and our power users. And the thing that I think has been great about Slack is sort of a catalyst for community is you can just get going on it right away, right? It also has this sort of ongoing, you know, stream of information, but it's just, just the idea of like, I want to do this. When I hear that, I, I sort of get this feeling of like somebody just like decided to go out and do something and make something happen. And so they set up Slack and got it going. Is that kind of how it started or it, do you know if it, it was, was it different for you all? Yeah. So, I mean, Slack was, it really was just kind of a way for all of these folks to be able to talk to each other. The nice thing about Slack and and kind of the thing about our community is that we're very developer centric. And so it is the one tool that everyone's going to have on. Well, most everyone is going to have on anyways. And that's kind of one of the things with building communities is like grabbing the tool set that that person already has available to them and kind of slowly getting them introduced to that community. Because if it's not something that they've got in their day-to-day kind of subset of tools, then it's very easy for that community to kind of disappear in their mind because it's not front and center for them. So, you know, multitude of reasons there, but yeah, also it's really easy to just kick it up and start a community with it. Talk to me about developer outreach. What does it mean uh, to you or to the company? Yeah. So developer outreach, I think in general, in my opinion, what it means is it's really all about relationships and, and kind of the relationships that you create. Developer outreach happens to be two words that are in my title of developer outreach manager. And for me, it really fits into that, like building that and, and growing and, and creating those kind of networks and those people that you spend that time with. I think in terms of developer outreach, it can really apply to a number of different spaces. Like it can apply to a developer advocate who's giving a presentation and creating new relationships with that audience, or it can comply to apply to someone like myself who is in a role, you know, which is prim- my primary responsibility uh, is to actually build and grow and measure the success of Pantheon's external outreach programs. So in both roles, we're both building relationships by creating a platform for which that they can learn and grow within. Um, and in my opinion, I feel like that's what developer outreach is, just being there and, and fostering those relationships. So you have the Pantheon Heroes program. Can you explain how it works and what it is exactly? 
Yeah, I would absolutely love to talk about that. The Pantheon Heroes program is something that's new for us, something that has been in the works for almost a year now and really super exciting and something that you know, was kind of brought in and promoted to be able to, to build at Pantheon, which is awesome. I don't even know where to start because there's so much I want to share about it. But kind of starting at the beginning, it didn't really take me long to see that our users were really passionate. In open source in general, there are just a lot of really passionate people, developers, contributors, you know, kind of anyone involved. And that passion really spreads beyond them just talking about the platform. We had users who were giving meetup and conference presentations, writing blog posts, creating code examples, you know, sharing some of their knowledge and love for our platform out with the world. And I felt that it was a void on our part that we were not embracing their contributions or supporting them to do more. Um, and, and of course, we were, you know, answering questions or helping them or, or, you know, building relationships with them as we saw them, especially my team specifically as the developer relations team. But not having a more formalized platform to do that, I felt was a void. So the Heroes program was built to do exactly that. The idea was that we could help evolve and grow the open source spaces that we exist in. So that's WordPress and Drupal and also support and show appreciation to our users and those who are really kind of contributing back also. So our Heroes program is a multi-tier advocacy program where heroes can self-select missions that they want to contribute to, or they can suggest their own missions based on areas of interest and excitement. And missions are essentially activities that a hero can get involved in. So it might be things like sharing or creating social posts. It might be writing code examples, delivering a conference presentation, contributing to technical documentation. You know, you kind of name it. It's, it just depends on that, that need that we have or the need that the hero really wants to get involved in. And heroes are supported through each mission as well as appreciated through a points-based system. My goal while creating this program was it to also be very relationship driven. I've joined a few different programs. I've been a part of different communities. I've done some things in terms of like an advocacy angle, and I didn't always see that personal and that deep relationship. And I felt that that was the thing that wanted, I really wanted our program to be set aside from the others as I wanted to create those relationships. And so although there is a kind of gamification angle to our point system, there's always a person who that they're communicating with and that they're working with. And, and I think just about every one of our heroes knows me on almost a personal level, just because we really, we really strive to build those relationships. Can use those points to purchase swag, but also purchase kind of other benefits. So you want to have dinner with our CEO? Cool. That's something you can do. However, we do try to provide benefits to all of our heroes through, you know, product reviews or professional development, creating social events. We have a lot of fun social events, free Pantheon sites, access to our team, and just any other custom benefits that we create or come or come up along the way. We had one hero who he's not interested in swag. He doesn't care about public speaking classes. You know, he's into the roadmap reviews, but the thing that he really wanted is he, he really wanted to go to Laracon. And so it was like, cool, you, you did this awesome contribution for us. Like, here's a Laracon ticket that we bought for you just to show our appreciation for their contributions. I love that this sort of organization of having it planned and structured, but also the flexibility to really serve one-to-one, I think it's really powerful. And, you know, ultimately it comes down to these are all individuals with individual needs and trying to help them and different people have different needs and sometimes it's fit in a box and, and sometimes they don't, right? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. How do you identify these people that become the heroes and, and what are common characteristics that they share? Yeah. So I think in the beginning, some of them kind of, you know, I can tell you right now that when I have been at Pantheon or when I had been at Pantheon for a few months, there was a, a few people that like really stuck out, but we really have three core requirements for the program. And those are, you must love open source and the open web. You must love helping others and you must love Pantheon. So the word love is a little, it was where we kind of differentiate that. Like it's, you can like open source or you can like helping others, but like you really need to love all of those things and be very passionate about them. 
our founding group of heroes were actually asked to join the program. And those invited were the ones that proved that they truly, truly value the Pantheon platform. Like I said, those are the ones that really stuck out as I kind of evolved my relationship and, and role with Pantheon and started to, to meet people in the community. And each of them had created their own blog posts or those presentations or really done some of those example things I mentioned on our platform already. And so our founding heroes really helped us shape the program. They were very helpful in, in providing feedback and helping you know build out what we are at today. Now that we've launched the program publicly, Pantheon users can self-select to join the program. And so what they do is they complete an application. When we're processing those applications, we consider those three core requirements as well as their experience with the platform. Other things that we consider is how they treat other people. At the end of the day, Pantheon is a really amazing culture. And just in terms of like company culture, employee culture, just everyone is just awesome and trustworthy and and helpful and really nice. And so we wanted our heroes because if they're going to be, you know, contributing to these missions and, and in some some ways a public facing person for Pantheon, it was really important to us that our heroes were representing us and that they were representing us in a positive way. And ultimately, how do you measure the success of the outreach program? So that's actually been something I'm kind of starting and been evolving. But what we've landed on now is we've got a points-based system that's awarded to our advocates or our heroes based on how long the task will take. So let's say that if it's just a, a quick like retweet mission, they'll get one point because anything that's less than about five minutes, they get one single point for that. However, if that social post is something that we really want shared. So for example, we were just nominated as one of the best workplaces. So we've got a social post around that. And so that post might get a little more points because it's really important for us to share that. We're doing a lot of outreach and a lot of hiring right now. And so that retweet is very valuable to us. So it's a point-based system that's a little bit automated, but also really taking into consideration the ROI or like what the actual attribution number is around that actual mission and how important that is to Pantheon, as well as how long it takes that hero to actually uh, complete that mission. And what types of metrics do you look to grow? What are you like the, you know, the core KPIs that you're looking at growing? Yeah. So for our advocacy program, which is the Pantheon Heroes program, uh, we look at three different metrics. The first one is members. How many advocates do we have and, and what does that actually look like? We're tracking things like retention and participation. How active are they? How, how much do they get involved in the community? And what do they provide to the value of the program in our community as a whole? The second one is around our missions. So within that kind of missions metrics, we use that points-based system that I referred to. And like I said, behind the scenes, we add some values to associate to that specific mission category, you know, just depending on what it is they're doing. We've also got some kind of opportunity attribution numbers that we use behind the scenes. Like if someone is providing us a sales case study, is that more valuable than if someone provides us a conference presentation talk? So just kind of using those values that we've got for that kind of sales retention and things like that to figure out which of these missions are more valuable. And then we can can utilize that point system externally and internally. So the hero C points is like a way for them to gain uh, those points and gamify it and allow them to use them. We see it as a way and a very easy to come up with a metric to be able to track their activity and how that's helping Pantheon. And then the final metric that we look at is influence. And so the metric digs into their influence outside of our communities. So outside of anything that is Pantheon created. So if a hero posts something on their blog or social media, how valuable will that be for us? We don't care you know, about how many followers they have. We care more about the engagement of their followers and their audience. So if they create a blog post or they give a conference presentation, and let's say that they're doing that maybe in the WordPress space, if they get, you know, most of their followers are inside of WordPress or even half of their followers are inside of WordPress and they're engaging with that post, that's much more important to us than if they've got thousands and thousands of followers. So just utilizing those tools to be able to kind of track that influence and what they're bringing outside of our communities. We love to help 
really everyone across the whole spectrum. So I think people that have existing communities are going to get just a ton of insight out of the things you've just shared about your community. I'd love to just switch here for a minute to the communities that are just getting started. And if I'm just starting from scratch, what do you think would be the first steps that you would take to really get a community off the ground, get it going? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, like you really have to decide what your reason is for creating that community to begin with. Is it to provide a helpful resource for users to gain knowledge from each other? Is it, are you creating a level of trust between your product and, and your prospective users? So they they come in and they see this thriving community and they're like, I want to be a part of it because who doesn't want to be a part of a place that's full of great friends? You know, what is really the reason that you want to build out that community and start to think about that? I think beyond that, it's really evaluating what your community looks like from a user standpoint. For me, it was very uh, developer focused and it it still is, but we want to make sure that we also are expanding to be beyond developers too. But I'm a developer myself, or at least started out as a developer. And so for me, it was super easy to relate to them. And so that makes it a little easier too. So if you're focusing on one different type of, you know, kind of user, thinking about what they're doing in their day to day, what they're, you know, things that that they're interacting with, how they feel about things. And we talked about Slack, right? And how Slack is is a part of a developer's day to day most of the time. And so thinking about things like that, if you're working with a content strategist, what are some tools that content strategists use and, and really trying to integrate that into your community? I think that's probably like integrating with those tools. Also join a community of community creators, kind of a uh, difficult to say there, but be a part of it. Like, you know, listening to this podcast and, and listening to other podcasts or being a part of other communities, community roundtables are really good one. You know, CMX offers a bunch of really awesome uh, communities. I'm in a Facebook group. That's really great. Try to find those other communities that you can join and be a part of and really spend the time to get to know those people. Like when I, we invited our founding heroes into the heroes program, it was very enlightening. I thought that there'd be a lot of people that would really like, you know, like really kind of I wouldn't say expensive tech, but like AirPods or iPads or like, you know, Xboxes or kind of swag like that. And it turns out they really don't necessarily all care about that stuff. They, what all of them did truly care about was like being a part of the product and a part of that product roadmap and providing vision and feedback on the product. So get to know your community members and and what they actually say that they would enjoy doing. Those are such grateful tips and community roundtable and CMX are great places for people to start. I think you know, 10 years ago when we started building our community, I don't know. I just, there was nobody really doing what we were doing except for a few people and we would, I was friends with them and I would reach out to them and try and get their help. But there's so many resources now, right? Like there's so much out there and there's so much attention around the industry that you shouldn't have to learn all those mistakes on your own. Those are great tips. All right. What is a community as we close here? Tell us about a community that you admire that maybe we should follow or look into so that we can, you know, learn more about what a great community looks like. Yeah, I would say, and this one's new to me, but the amount of time that I've been exposed to it, I really love it, um, is Indie Hackers. So I found out about Indie Hackers because Cortland, one of the founders, was on an online conference that I attended last week called Word Sesh. And so, you know, kind of curious, like I've heard of Indie Hackers, but I had never actually been to their website. And their community is awesome. So when you get there, the landing page is like their community forum. Um, You can like upvote different posts. You can communicate. You can like reply to them. But not only that, there's just a lot of other pieces where it's it's very obvious that that website is community centric. You can go over, you can look at all the meetups that they have. So oftentimes I've seen a lot of organizations use meetup.com, which is a really great tool, but it doesn't export out well into a website. And it's really hard to kind of manage all the different meetups and doing that. 
So it seems like they've really got their meetups listing down. I really like that you can submit articles. They've got articles from users. So bringing in like those community members that you've talked to and being able to, to actually see what your fellow users are, are you know writing about and what they care about. It's just an awesome and it looks beautiful. Like as a, what I would say is a more of a front end dev, I really, really enjoy the way that it looks and, and the way that it functions. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. Again, that's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod. Bevy Labs.